0: Hello, and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Carlos Whitaker, who is an author and speaker. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and thank you so much for tuning in to yet again another episode. We are back with Carlos Whitaker today. If this is your first time tuning in, it's so great to have you on. I know that you're going to enjoy our time together today. If you've been tuning in before and you're familiar with Carlos, this will this will be a refreshing episode. If you're not as familiar, Um you can check out some of his other works, "Kill the Spider" and "Moment Maker," a few books that he's released. Um, and today we're going to chat a little bit more about his latest one, "Enter Wild," as long uh, as well as so much more about his story and what he's been up to, um, leading up to um, his time as a recording artist and then as a author and speaker. Talk a little bit about why rest is so important as the starting place to hear from God, and then. Entering into uh, an abundance life. What does that look like? How can we find ourselves in this place, really in this sweet spot? Um, he talks about discovering how to pray God's promises instead of praying over the problems. And so entering into war, where does our strength come from? Um, and then obviously there's a solution. There's a place of, um, of abundance. There's a place of rest. And there's a place where we enter into wild. I'm excited for today's conversation and know that you will enjoy our time together. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Carlos Whitaker. Hey, it's Tyler. One more thing that you can do to support this podcast if you've been enjoying this content is one, giving a rating and review on iTunes 2.0 screenshotting this episode or the guys like us and sending it to a few friends or posting it on social media. Final way is to donate. And you want to, if you want to support financially, www.theguyslikeus.com slash donate now. Thank you so much. Carlos, thank you so much for joining me and the guys like us podcast.
1: Dude, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be a guy like us, like, like I'm here with all the dudes. So
0: That's right. That's right. Well, th- yeah, I'm super excited. I know you're just kind of fresh off your, your book release and have um, been doing some traveling as well, um, been, been able to escape. Um, but I, but s- some folks that are tuning in might be familiar with your work, uh, might not be. Can you just share a little bit more of your backstory and um, your journey yeah. before becoming an artist? I know this was a big pivot for you, so uh, kind of leading yeah. up to that.
1: Yeah, you know, I I um I was kind of a local church staff guy for uh, ten years. I was a uh, the creative arts and worship pastor at a church called Sandals Church in Riverside, California, for ten years. And you know, while I was there, I never thought I'd go anywhere else. I never thought I'd do anything else. Like I loved my church, I loved my friends, I loved the staff. Like it was it was home. Like why not retire there? I, I planted the church there when I was really young. I mean, I was in college. Wow. A bunch of college college uh, guys just decided to. Plan a church because we couldn't necessarily find one that we wanted to go to. We were like, "Let's start our own." We didn't know what we were doing, and mm. Uh, mm. it was messy, but it was beautiful. And and I was there for ten years and watched this thing go from like basically ten people in a living room to you know four thousand people on a weekend. And um, yeah, it was it was amazing. And then um, kind of major pivot moment in my life, um, moved from Riverside, California. That was all in Southern California to Atlanta, Georgia, and I got hired at North Point Community Church uh, to be on their leadership team and oversee weekends, oversee creative and and music and video and everything that happens on the weekends. And so I moved to Atlanta, worked at Buckhead Church, which is one of their um, campuses, one of three campuses that they had at the time. And that was an incredible couple years working with Andy Stanley and kind of you know, under, under it was. I mean, I think most people would pay to have a job like that. Like, I mean, I I got to like sit under his leadership and learn all kinds of incredible things. Just an incredible, incredible, incredible mm. leader. Mm. Uh, and then, um, you know, I was leading worship as well as kind of overseeing things at Buckhead. Um, and then, the Lord just kind of you know pivoted again in my story and uh, my family. Uh, and I moved to Nashville. I signed a record deal, mm. um, and I started doing the touring kind of artist thing. Mm-hmm. and did that for a few years put out two records and but uh, to be honest with you like that that life that touring life was just uh, the tour buses and being away from my family for like three weeks at a time like my kids were really little at the time it was it was grueling yeah. and yeah. you know the whole time i' just been it's funny how god will will pivot our stories here and there and I think for a lot of people they think that you know, every time we get to some place that seems to be working and clicking in, in our life, that that's God's final plan for where he has mm-hmm. us. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people fall short uh, because just because you're 40 or you're 30 or, and you're, you finally got that, a, a great job and you're, you've got a family and you're got things taken care of. That doesn't mean that like we're supposed to stop dreaming and it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we're not supposed to, you know, like I feel like, You know, I'm watching my dad who's just retired. He's 77 years old, like pivot in his life. And like now God has new dreams and new plans for him. And those dreams and plans don't end. And so for me, you know, I I kind of like in my in my eyes, I've gotten to this place where I'm leading worship every weekend at like some of the biggest churches in America. Mm -hmm. I'm at Elevation. I'm at North Point. I'm at Saddleback. I'm at, you know, and I've got a record deal and I'm touring on these, you know, in front of, you know, 20,000 people a night. And you'd think like, God, apparently God, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But there mm-hmm. was just an unsettling in my spirit that it wasn't it. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I, I pivoted again. I just felt like was, there were a lot of people that were leaning in and speaking into my life, telling me that although I'm a good worship leader, I'm an even better thought leader. That was kind of the prophetic word that kept coming mm-hmm. over me. Yeah. And I was like, what does that mean? And they're like, well, you, you know, there's you've got this big kind of social media following. Everyone reads what you say every single day, more people read what you have to say, than listen to you sing. So just start thinking about that. And so I did and prayed about it. And then kind of major pivot point again was I, I just felt like the Lord was very clear that I needed to stop leading worship and start speaking and start writing. And I did, man. I, I, so this is probably 2013 uh, when I, uh, I hung up the guitar and I said, if I'm going to go with this, I'm going to go in. And I was like, man, texting my friends i'll speak to your third graders at sunday school like whatever like the lord has me doing this i'm supposed to do it and mm-hmm. so it's been since 2013 and um now yeah this is my third book that i've, I've released mm-hmm. and i i speak and travel full-time well this is pre-covid before kind of speaking and traveling stopped. Yeah. but uh yeah man it's my full-time job i'm just kind of trying to deal hope every single day Mm-hmm. speaking and, and and I love it man it's, so that's kind of like where yeah. where I'm at now um is is I'd like to tell people I'm a hope dealer it's what I do
0: yeah no i, I I've seen that that tagline and I was gonna ask you about that too and it, it just seems like through, through this through speaking and through writing this is this is yeah. the medium of of doing that and um I, I I've had clay scroggins on the podcast as well oh, okay former uh you know or yeah over at Buckhead church now and yeah. have t- talked yeah. a, l- a little bit about Andy Stanley's leadership. And, um, I know that that can be definitely a shift of stepping into uncharted territory, um, going out with writing. And as you said, finding some, some level of comfort, but then also having this tension pulling, pulling against you, you know, to, to this really, this, this spirit prompting to move, move out and step out in faith. And so I I think it's, it's really fascinating. I I want to know kind of how, um, I, I haven't written a book yet and I, and, uh, but a lot of people are yeah. really interested in writing. And I think it's such an interesting process. I think it's quite therapeutic in some way. Have you, oh, yeah. how have you found just writing in general um, to be, obviously you've written three books now. What has kind of, what have you learned about yourself and about God in this process of writing?
1: Yeah. You know, I think writing is, uh, it's, it's definitely something that I find very therapeutic. It's something that I, that I love to do. Um, you know, and I tell, I tell people that, that maybe have a, some sort of desire growing inside of them that want to write a book one day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wrote, I, I had a blog that I, that I wrote on hmm. long before I ever even thought about writing a book, like, because I loved, I just loved to write. So I would write and I would publish it. And then my mom and my aunt Nancy would read it because that's all who was reading my writings at the time. Right. But it, it, di- it didn't matter because I, I loved writing so much that I would just do it. And so I I had this practice every single day of writing 300 words every single day. I mean, Monday through Monday through Monday, like I would do it on the weekends and I would just write. And some of it was, most of it was horrible, but I would just write and I would, I developed Hmm. this muscle and this, this love for um, expressing my thoughts with, um, with my words. And this was, you know, this started, I started that blog like 2000. I mean, dude, I mean, it was, it was a long time ago. I, Mm -hmm. I was, I was just barely becoming a worship leader, but I knew that I loved to write on the mm. side. And little did I know that that would end up being my full-time job at another at another po- point in my life. Um, but, you know, so for people that that have that desire, j- I just tell them all the time, like, just make sure you're writing every single day. It doesn't have to be seven days a week, but, you know, three to five days a week that you're, you're writing 300 words, You you have an idea and you write it down. You don't have to mm. publish it for the world. You can just do yeah. it yourself. And what that does is it, not only, not only does it build your writing muscle, but it, it helps you. Um, it, it helps you get into a rhythm of when it is time to finally write a book, you know. And so for me, mm. the book writing part. People think because I'm high energy and I love to communicate on stage that 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 must be what I love. I love to get on an airplane, fly to an event, get you know get in front of a lot of people, make them laugh, make them cry, mm. do all the things, right? Mm. And as much as I do love that part of what I do, um, it doesn't even touch how much I love opening my laptop up, putting my AirPods in, turning on my, my um, uh, it depends on the day, Chronicles of Narnia soundtrack, and just getting lost in my words. Just, you know, some days I'll write a thousand words, some days I'll write 2,000 words, and that's I just wow. write. And I love, love, love the book writing process, mm-hmm. the book editing process. Like, that's the part that um, really makes me come alive. So, yeah, you know, and then you end up finding God in the, in those, you know, Uh, those spaces there's so many times that that even through as i'm writing something like the holy spirit just comes in and makes it makes makes a hard left turn in what i'm writing and then that's actually way better than what i was initially trying to do so um yeah you know i think i think there's something to be said about about the fact that when we write we actually have to stop and slow down um and i feel like that's really uh why i connect so much with god
0: yeah, fantastic. No, and thank you. I, I, I definitely resonate yeah. in the in the consistency that really that, yeah. that long obedience over time, and it's just yep. it's staying the course here. And can you can you yep. um so I've written three books now, and so your latest one, Enter Wild. Um, can you just talk a little bit more about the inspiration behind that, and then we can in a little bit we'll dig into a little bit more yeah. The content.
1: Yeah, you know, um, my last book, Kill the Spider. It did really well. It's still doing really well. And it's, I think the reason why it did really well is because it's, um, and I have to talk about that book before I talk about this book, yeah, only because, totally. and, and you don't have to read them in order, but but I think the story of the book, yeah. <clears throat> of why I wrote the book will make sense. Sure. With, Kill the, with Kill the Spider, um, you know, the subtitle is how to get rid of what's holding you back. So like, people have sin issues, and they want to stop sinning, and so... They they read they read the book, you know, and so and they, they, they'll do anything they can to stop sinning and so In in kill the spider. I, I have an analogy that a spider's an agreement you've made with the lie And that's what you have to kill but a cobweb is a medicating behavior hmm. That brings comfort to the lie. And so the cobweb is the behavior of the sin issue And that's most people clean the cobwebs instead of killing the spider. So simple analogy All right. um, All right. and I think it works really well and so the reason why enter wild came in is because what, it, what ends up happening is people get these tools and they break agreements with lies and they find some freedom from whatever addictive or be- medicating behavior that yeah. it was. But then inevitably what happens is, is the spider crawls back or baby spiders come in and there's more agreements that are made. And people kind of – I saw people kind of getting in this cy- cyclical pattern of like, well, Carlos, like um, – I, I thought I broke the agreement, but then it came back, and it came back, and so that—that's something that hmm. I think, being human, we're always going to have to deal with. I, hmm. I think, though, um, where Enter Wild comes in is—is hmm. is Kill the Spider was very heavy in therapy, like it was very. Uh, I've, I've done tons of therapy work in my life, and I love my therapy. I love my therapists. I've done lots of work. Uh, Kill a Spider was very heavily based on the therapeutic side of, um, of of what it, of where we find our healing, hmm. but I think so many people were were, I think I think where they get stuck is they feel like therapy is going to give them freedom, like like if they just do the therapy, if they do these things, it's going to give them freedom. So where Enter Wild comes in hmm. is, um, it, it really takes you through me finally getting rid of my anxiety and um, kind of my mental health issues that had been holding me so tight for so long. And, in again, like the difference is anxiety and depression, isn't a behavior that you're choosing to have. So it's not like, it's not like I can like just break an agreement with anxiety and like my mind is going to, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not a behavior. And so, hmm. um, so enter wild takes people through the story arc of me finding this inner healing here in Nashville, inner healing practitioner. Um, Hmm. And we did this process called Heart Sync, And it really goes through this wild space of where most Christians are kind of living their life at 60%. So I would say by the time I finished all my therapy, uh, my life had gotten 60% better from like the hell that it once was at. And so I think um, when when any Christian has ever been at like 0% and like you're in the pit of hell and despair and trauma, and then you get to 60%. Most people at 60% feel incredible because 60% better feels way better than 0%, right? So what we end up doing inevitably is we make a deal. We're, we're kind of like, God, if I can just stay here, like if I could just stay at 60%, it feels so much better than when I was at 0%, then just let me hang out here until I get to heaven. Mm-hmm. But John 10:10 10, 10 doesn't say that, right? John 10, 10, doesn't say a thief comes to steal, to destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to 60%. Like that's actually not the promise. Yeah. And so... So I think at the end of Kill the Spider, I, even when I got done writing it, I was so happy at 60%. I was like, man, like this feels good. I killed my spider. I'm at 60%. And where Jesus is like, actually, there's way more available than you're even giving me credit for. Hmm. So Enter Wild hmm. takes Christians that are kind of stuck at 60% and shows shows them the pathway to get to 100%. And that's why it's wild. It's leaving mild, entering wild. It's exchanging uh, worry for wonder you know it's it's taking again and the book's not about anxiety in general that's kind of a smaller story arc but it's going to help any any christian that is like you know what i've been i've been playing it safe and mild for far too long that is if i look at the gospels that's not what jesus has called me to a safe and a mild faith he's actually super wild in the gospels and how he um does his ministry and so that's what we're called for and then the book, we'll get into it in just yeah. a second, but the book's kind of divided up, and I, and I take people just on a process of what I feel like is a very um, valuable process. It's a discipleship process. So, you know, you've been a Christian for a long time, and you think, like, oh, I think you're good. I, I promise you if, you, if you go through these steps, by the end of it, your faith is going to explode. And I'm already seeing it. The book's been out for three weeks. Just the DMs. And the conversations I'm having with people, uh, the way that they're they're for the very first time hearing the voice of God, for the very first time they're seeing miracles, signs, and wonders in their lives that they never saw before, and that that's the that's the goodness of this new book, Enter Wild.
0: Fantastic, and I I, I mean I I definitely resonate with that. And I I mean I have a, have had personally a lot of anxiety and OCD yeah. OCD in my life, and that's long before kind of I think we were hitting this this kind of critical juncture here, this turning point. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, there's connections to how this plays from generations past into your your family history and how that connects to now. But again, I think you're right. You know, sometimes we can just settle. I I feel like you're saying 60%. I'm like, that kind of, you know, maybe mine's like a 70% right now or or somebody else is there. But like, we're like, you know what, there is more, there is so much more. And so I think that abundance living is just something that I've I think I've been really holding on to, and I think it's something that, mm. you're, that you're speaking into in this yeah. uh, in this book, and so we can kind of, we'll kind of, I guess, explore that as we break into the, the three sections Yeah, yeah that, absolutely. that you mentioned. So the first one is enter rest, and so love this. Can you kind of talk about, just a, a brief yeah. intro into what this means?
1: Yeah, you know, enter rest is the first step to entering wild. Uh, I've divided it up into three steps, enter rest, enter war, enter wild, before we can even even do the work that we've got to do in order to get to this fullness abundance miracle signs and wonders holy spirit filled life that god has called us to in John 10 10. you've got to be able to hear from god okay so step one in in, in entering wild is to hear from god and and i label this enter rest now why would i call hearing from god rest because i am the more i've studied the bible uh the more i've looked at old testament and new testament alike the, the ways that people heard from God every single time was that they lowered the volume of their life and then the volume of God would go up. So that's what yeah. I'm saying when I'm saying entering rest. Rest is slowing down. It's lowering the volume of life. And then once you do that and you slow down and lower the volume of life, the volume of God begins to explode in your life. And then once you hear God, once you get to hear from him specifically, man, I'm telling you what, you're going to start. He's going to be like, go to Chick Fil A instead of Chipotle today, like that's specific. And then you get to go to Chick Fil A with like, with like an expectation that something is going to happen when you're there, and then a, leave it to God to every single time you ask him a specific question, he gives you a specific answer. Well, and then he's going to start to blow your mind. Now that's the enter wild piece, but the enter rest piece is I give a lot of practical examples, um, a lot of, a lot of uh, biblical stories. Uh, and and just, just a lot of ways that we can slow down. You know, the average pace of life for Jesus was three miles an hour. Like that's how fast a human being walks, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that's what Jesus was doing, except for the couple of times we see him on a donkey. He's walking everywhere. And the reason why I feel like his ministry was so effective was because he did it at such a slow pace. But so many of us look at three miles an hour. And yeah. if I try to sell any man that's listening to this podcast something that moves at three miles an hour – they would think I was crazy. They're not going to take it. Why? Well, because we've been programmed to believe that hustle, grind, like faster, faster, faster is the way uh, to happiness, is the way to getting the things that we want. But what if I told you, maybe the way to God isn't by speeding up, but it's actually by slowing down. And so that's what our whole first section is, enter rest, helping us hear the voice of God clearly, slowing down so that we finally can hear the voice of God.
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely some resistance in in entering this it's definitely countercultural. Gotcha. definitely not not a western idea of uh of how we kind of view progress and moving forward yeah. and speed but again kind of what are some just a few practical ways that we can um enter into this space um that may may not be as familiar i'd say uh or sure, ones yeah. ones that you discover You're like oh i actually never never even thought of that
1: yeah you know uh, i think for me you know when, when i was like in Youth ministry, and I was in high school. No, I wasn't like when I was literally in high school. You know, we, we would call it uh, our quiet time. Uh, that, that's when, no. like, you go to camp, and then, like, in the schedule, and like after breakfast, it was quiet time where you're supposed to go and you open your Bible, and there was a little devotion that you do. And no. then you come back to large group gatherings. And, you know, I remember always being so bored when I was like, have to do my quiet time in high school. And then, even like, into adulthood, like, if I pray early in the morning, I'm just like, God, this is so boring. Like, what's happening? And I think. Um, I like there. I was I was looking at it completely wrong. Like I wasn't doing it with the expectation that I was actually going to hear from the God that makes the earth spin and float. And so practically speaking, I help people in the book go through exactly a morning daily prayer. I explain the daily prayer. I've been praying this daily prayer for about five years now. I have it in the book, and I, I show I show my readers. Okay, listen. This is the daily prayer that we're all. We're doing every single day is we're consecrating our day. Hey okay, it's just going to take you 10 mm. minutes a day you consecrate your day you just give it back to God because probably 9 times out of 10 the night before you've taken everything back so you got to kind of give it back to God mm. so that mm. daily consecration yeah. that daily prayer is super super important and then i go into like you know even even simpler things things like you know buying an alarm clock and putting it next to your bed as opposed to using your phone mm. as an alarm clock like yeah. how many times are we like the the first thing that happens in the morning is our phone goes off we swipe to turn our alarm off and then we swipe up to start reading the news and just downloading content. And we were not as human beings created to consume the amount of content that we're consuming on a daily basis. Studies show that even 150 years ago, the amount of content that we're consuming in a day, one day now was the same amount of content that our great grandparents were consuming 150 years ago, like in a month or two months. And so you look at like the rapid uh, uh, acceleration of content consumption and you wonder, why we can't hear the voice of God, you know? And so I give a bunch of super practical tips on, you know, buy an alarm clock, hmm. make sure that you're, you know, putting your phone in another room. Um, j- just, just simple things like that to, to lower the volume of life again so that the volume of God begins to explode. Uh, and and I honestly, like those, those yeah. simple things are, uh, they're very simple to apply but they're absolutely transformational when you actually do begin to apply these things. And right, right. it's just fun, man. It's been so fun yeah. to watch people begin to slow down interest rest and just, you know, to DM me every single day. I'm getting DMs from people going, like, I'm 47 years old and I've never, ever heard God speak to me so clearly. And I'm like, see, like, it's not that complicated. Right. So that's right. what the whole interest rest piece is to hear from God.
0: Yeah, I know. So, so good. And I've been really doubling down on – I just read John Mark Comer's book on – just the yeah. ruthless elimination of hurry. And then, uh, just, re- another one comes to mind is Mark Batterson's whisper. Um, yeah. and so I, I think it's just so it's, and it's so simple. I think that's the big thing, yeah. but you can also create, you can create these, um, these practical ways to kind of set up yeah. just to know yourself and say, Hey, first two hours, maybe it's, <coughs> I'm getting into the word the first two hours in the morning. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. orienting myself so that I don't, I don't come from a place of response or react or rather more of a yeah. reactive, impulsive reaction, but I already have a starting place and now I can just, dis- I can use my reason, use my just, yeah. just like just, you know, quite some common sense sometimes to, to move yeah, absolutely. forward. So next piece, <clears throat> enter war. Can you, um, something that I think definitely, you know, was a, was, was a, something that I think we can find ourselves in first rather than, as you said, sometimes yeah. we just try and, kill something off, um, but yeah. I think the rest first and then coming into this yeah. piece makes more sense to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, can, I mean, can you, <clears throat> again, like, can you imagine any any general before um, their battalion goes into a, a battle, making them run a marathon before they go into battle? Like, that's, like, not what you do, right? Like, you want right. to go in as rested as possible with the battle plans uh, hmm. that, that hopefully the general is giving you and so many times we sprint into the warfare without having heard god first and I'm, you're just setting yourself up for annihilation again we can go back to john 10 10 hmm. it says a thief comes to steal to kill and to destroy hmm. it doesn't say a thief comes to bother you um you know annoy you and irritate you like that's like not that's not the enemy's plan is not to irritate you it's to destroy you
0: yeah. and so
1: again we don't yeah. give jesus enough credit for saying that he wants to give us life to the full. But we also don't give the enemy enough credit because we think that he's just here to bother us. No, like the warfare, spiritual warfare is war fair. And so once you hear from God what it is you've got to battle against. okay. Hmm. So we lower the volume of life. God says, OK, this is the thing in your life that we are going to break an agreement with. Then you step into war. And, right. you know, this is where I start giving, uh, you know, this is where I go through kind of the smaller story arc of me with my wow. specific issue of my anxiety. Uh, and the warfare that it took uh, to get there, you know, and, and I give a lot of practical tools of warfare. Um, you know, some of the tools that I give specifically are to um, I had to change my prayer life completely because I was I was battling wrong. For far too long, my prayer was my prayer life was God. I'm so anxious. God, I'm so depressed. God, I don't have any money. God, I'm this go. Oh God, woe was me? And I had to change the, the prayer from what was me to greatest he. and yeah. that that simple shift. of of realizing that when Jesus prayed in the gospels and there's a few instances where we actually see him praying and when he taught to pray, he actually never prayed the problem yet. How many times when we're looking at our prayer life, are we actually doing the opposite of what Jesus did instead of Jesus praying the problem? He always prayed the promise. So now man, I'm telling you, as far as being a weapon of warfare that shifted everything for me when i instead of being like lord i'm so anxious lord i'm this not i started going to the word of god finding the promises that I, that were promised me specifically to overcome anxiety and suddenly my prayers weren't well with me I'm so anxious. It was, um, you know, I am the body of Christ. So Satan has no power over me for I overcame overcome with yeah. good. Yeah. I've overcome him. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I'll fear no evil. You're with me, Lord, your word, and your spirit, they comfort me. I'm far from oppression. Fear has not come near me. Like suddenly I'm praying the promises over my life. And what that does is it accelerates my, uh, my victory in the warfare. So that's kind of one of the tools. Another tool that I, I yeah. give people is to use prayer and thanksgiving. Um, those uh, excuse me praise and thanksgiving those are two weapons of warfare again that it says in scripture that the enemy will literally flee when you praise god and praise god for who he is thank god for what he's done so i give people those things and then again i also go through my story arc of my inner healing uh prayer sessions it was called heart sync Hmm. um that i did it was a program that i used to go through it and that's really where i finally broke free from my anxiety free from my, and I'm telling you listen I was, I was on Paxil 20 milligrams of Paxil for 13 years of my life it was it was a great tool but I think I was relying all my hope in in like the medicine when I realized that yeah. that all the things we all the things we can do in the natural are great help but all the things we do in the supernatural are our hope and so wow well, man when wow. I switched that and I finally sink my heart to the heartbeat of God that's when I finally um, found found that freedom and so um, so again, our, our help is in the natural, our hope is in the supernatural, and I give a lot of specifics uh, in that section on how it is we can shift our help, uh, excuse me, shift our hope from the natural into the supernatural. And and I'll tell you, like right now, staring at you across this Zoom meeting, face to face, like I am free from my anxiety, I'm free from my depression, and I never in a thousand years thought that I could get yeah. to 100% healed. I always thought I'd stop at 60%, but now it's 100, and I'm like, well then I'm just going to go for 100 and everything else that I do in my life.
0: Amazing, and so so this is uh, this inner healing that you're talking about is called heart sync. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah, heart sync. There's different. There's various versions yeah. of it. You've got Sozo. You've got freedom prayer. You've got you know. There's a bunch of this one. Uh, what I liked about heart sync, uh, and I think there's heart sync practitioners all over the country, yeah. is that it's for me. I'm am a very analytical. Also, I'm a feeler, and so like yeah, it it kind of combines a lot of like like um, psychology with holy spirit right and so it's like it's the best of both worlds and for me i needed that like you know my practitioner is like listen you have the left side of your brain your right side of your brain and the, but the vortex yeah. and the prefrontal cortex all those things and this is why god created that and so mm-hmm. it was just really mm-hmm. good for me but it's called heart singing.
0: Heart no thank you and i think this is something yeah. that i know i've overlooked and um or just haven't yeah it's been a, haven't really been aware of it and so bring that to consciousness and seeing that yeah. it's that's available i think is step one Probably and is. then then it's leaning into it it's stepping in
1: yep absolutely absolutely
0: and then I, I just want to yeah i love how you talked about thanksgiving and then um for what what he has done how he yeah how he's per- been faithful yeah. and then the foundation of because this is who who he is he is yeah and so it's yeah it's 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 holding both of those and i think that's fantastic yep. absolutely uh, For the, so that's the the, the the third um last last phase here of enter wild um yeah can you talk a little, talk a little about how this then takes shape in our spiritual life
1: yeah yeah, it takes shape because once you once finally freedom comes from from whatever warfare is happening in interwar. Right. And and it, here's the beautiful thing is like you will win. So like whatever it is you're going through like w- like winning is is the only option because that's that's what Jesus promises us. Hmm. Victory. And so when we get out of that you you step into you step step into this world of miracle signs and wonders. You step into this world of of realizing that you have access to conversational intimacy with holy spirit on a daily basis. Listen man, this is the stuff that dreams are made of. This is the stuff that when you're like 5 years old and you, and you're like you wish that you could have like superpowers and stuff like that. Like little did you mm. know at 5 years old you actually do. And they're not your superpowers. They're the it's the power of the inner working and inner dwelling of holy spirit in mm. your life. And so, yeah. enter wild. I go through a whole bunch of I mean, you know, this used to be like once in a while, but now it's become a daily thing for me that God blows my mind. I actually have a journal yeah. every single day where, where I talk about the wild things that I see, the specific prayers that I'm asking and the specific answers that he's giving. And that's the wild stuff. You know, I I come from a very conservative evangelical background, and I love growing up in my Baptist evangelical church. Uh, but just kind of the, the power of the Holy Spirit was really left out in a lot of the teaching. And hmm. it wasn't until I was like into adulthood— really into this season of life where I'm kind of in right now, the last five years, where I saw how wild and available Holy Spirit was for me. And so, man, this is the section of the book where every chapter is me showing you from massive ways that he's going to be wild and you're going to see wild in your life to tiny, it, you know, itty bitty, tiny ways that he's going to be wild in your life. Like entering wild doesn't mean that like every day you're going to pray, Because you're broken, there's gonna be a fifty thousand dollar check that drops in your mailbox. Like that's not what that's not what John 1010 is talking about. That's not that abundance. That's not that fullness. Hmm. Like that that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about that Zoe, that that fullness of the spirit in the midst of your trials. So like even if you're in the midst of the darkest season of your life, God still can show up in this wild, abundant way. And uh, Hmm. you know, I um I I kinda like liken it to if if anyone's ever read Chronicles of Neuronia or seen the movie you got lucy is kind yeah. of the first of the three kids that stumbles through the wardrobe and and discovers narnia and then she yeah. sprints back through the wardrobe and she tries to explain to her siblings this magical place that she's found but yeah. they all think she's crazy right and so uh finally she convinces them uh to go through and they get to experience the magic and so i kind of feel like lucy right now with all my friends like i've i've stumbled yeah. through into narnia and i'm coming back trying to like tell my like very you know, straight-laced thinking, non, non-Holy Spirit kind of friends, like, no, listen, if you just come with me, like, you'll never want to come back. And so um, I'm, I'm just trying to pull all my friends, as many as I can, into Narnia, and uh, that's really what the Inner Wild piece looks like.
0: Love that. I, I I come from a similar, um, just very structured, very organized. This 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 yeah. put my I have my things in my compartments and my boxes, and I think it's helpful as uh, to really help kind of create some structure and some order in your life. But
1: absolutely, sometimes
0: we can really uh, box God in uh, in those yeah in those spaces. Yeah, we, we, and,
1: we box God the Father in, and then we box the Holy Spirit yeah. out. You know, and and I think hopefully what people will get when they even read in the book is you know I would say even people like you who who are um, God created you. To, to need structure and to have things kind of yeah. to make you feel safer, to make you feel these things, to realize that, like, uh, allowing Holy Spirit in the wild side of, of, of who God is in is in no way, shape or form going to disrupt any of the structure that makes you feel safe. If anything, it's going to just make those structures bigger and allow for more stuff to come in. Hmm. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, man, yeah. you know, I, um, I, I love that. And I, I love kind of leaning and pressing into that.
0: Yeah. Um, one thing you mentioned is very like praying for very specific things. Um, this is yeah. something that has kind of hit me recently too. And I'm sure for, I think we can sometimes find that our, our prayers are either problem centered or just pretty lame. And so yeah. how, how have you kind of just, I don't want to get too deep into the book here, but yeah. just to, yeah, how, how to kind of be, be effective in your specific prayers.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think that the main reason most Christians aren't specific is not because they're lazy it's because they're scared Hmm. they're scared that if you pray something specific and this is what we're all scared of if we pray something specific and we're we're placing our hopes and dreams um on this specific prayer and then it doesn't happen well immediately what happens is we have such a crisis of faith and so what we do is we want to protect ourselves from those crises of faith so we pray very broad prayers like lord i just pray protection for my family this year i just pray blessing upon my business which is like that's fine but i feel like god's like okay i mean i really would would love to give you more specific things if you'd ask for them but we're scared to pray specifically because we don't want to be let down mm-hmm. my challenge in the book and and my teaching in the book is showing people just listen i'm not saying to bank uh, uh you know bet the whole farm on a single prayer, the first time you go out, like like you want to start small, right? So don't don't the first prayer when we're learning to pray specifically to God is not God, should I quit my job today? Okay, let's start. Let's save that for maybe week three. But every mm-hmm. how about how about God? Can you show me specifically today a scripture that I need that is dealing with my situation? Mm-hmm. And then just sit and wait and wait to hear, to see, to feel what scripture. And then you go to that scripture. And I promise you, anyone that's listening to this podcast, you don't have to buy my book. Just pray that specifically today, and I promise you that you're gonna go. You're you're actually gonna probably stand up with your mouth hanging wide open, going, "I cannot believe that he answered that specific question." Right. You start yeah. with scripture. They, I always tell people start with scripture if you're right. if you're new to hearing from God, because hmm. scripture is never gonna fail you. Then you can move into like hearing God specifically for other things. But start with scripture, yeah. um, and yeah. then and then he's really gonna blow your mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah and I think I think John is a great place to, to start too, or just to find yourself in.
1: Absolutely.
0: Love that. Um So okay. And I think yeah, with I think we're in a at least I think we're in a place of emotional exhaustion at this place yep. too and we're um I think this I think this type I think just prayer just allows us to release and just let go um and just to kind of let, to let God and um whether it's you know just with where we are right now nationally internationally. Um, yeah. I just think that this is such a powerful, powerful time. And so excited for, uh, excited for this book to, to, to touch, touch the hands of so many, um, where, where can we find you and just grab a copy and kind of check out some of, some of your other works as well.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, you know, I, 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 really, if you want to hang out with me every day, then you go to Instagram, like that's where I hang out every day yeah. and, uh, and I have a good time. If, if you want like the, the, um, the upside down version of Carlos and go hang out at Twitter. That's where I'm a little angrier and I want to offend people a little bit more. You can go hang out. I'm super nice and like and like fragile on Instagram and Twitter. If I really want to like get angry at my family, I go to Facebook. All those places you can find me low sweat. But then also, if you go to um, enterwild.com, you can find out all the mm. information about the book. Yeah. The book trailer's there, and you can order it from wherever you'd like.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, Carlos, it's been it's really been a joy and uh, an honor having you on. So i um, thankful and uh, excited for where, where this journey takes you.
1: Thanks, Adam.